Welcome back. Today, uh, this morning, we're going to be back in the book of Judges, looking at Judges chapter 6. Uh, what did I just do? Looking at Judges chapter 6, and um, last week, as we started in Judges chapter 6, we saw Israel again cry unto the Lord, and be brought back uh, to seeking God's face, but unfortunately, um, well not unfortunately, God in his wisdom uh, didn't raise up a deliverer right then. He uh, instead sent a prophet to remind Israel, because their hearts were beginning to uh, become very hardened, but to remind Israel that all of this is their fault, that God had already done so much for them, and yet they had continually turned away from him and turned back to other gods and um, the prophet ended with uh, but he, uh, <clears throat> verse number 10 and, and I said unto you I am the Lord your God fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell but ye have not obeyed my voice um, again Israel just had refused to obey they had continued to go back to the ways that were getting them in trouble. and But now God is not going to end there. He is going to go ahead and send the deliverer, and we're going to get introduced to him today. So Judges chapter 6 and verse number 11 is where we're going to start. And the Bible says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash, the, Abi, the Abiez, Abiezrite. Sorry. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto, said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And then is, why then is all this befallen us? I'm sorry. And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in, and made ready a kid, an unleavened cake of an ephah of flour, and the flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out unto him under the oak, and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cake, and lay them upon this rock, and pour out the broth. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there arose up fire out of the rock, and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord, <clears throat> Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face, 
And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord, and called it Jehovah Shalem. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. rites. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to share your truth, to share your word. God, I pray that you would guide and direct. I pray that you would guard my tongue, that you would help me to see uh, the truth in your text, that you would help me to explain it, to share it. Lord, that you would help our hearts to take it in and that it would take root and grow and mold us and shape us into the men and women you would have us to be. So God, please guide and direct today. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard of Gideon before. Naomi, have you heard of Gideon before? What do you know about Gideon? Most of us remember the story of Gideon as Gideon and the 300 men that went and uh, the Lord fought for them against the Midianites. And we see this great underdog story. And really that's the whole purpose of the story of Gideon. Not only did God raise up a deliverer to uh, deliver Israelite out of the Midianite uh, torment and the seven years that uh, they had suffered under Midian, but God used the least likely. And that is probably the, the biggest message in all of this is God looks on the heart. He doesn't look on the outward appearance as we look, and we're going to get into that a little bit today, but but we have to keep that in mind as we go through this, that there are some things in here with Gideon and with uh, the men of Israel and, and the things that are going on that we would see and say, no, this is not going to work, but God wants it to work, and because God wants it to work and people are willing to follow him, God is going to make it work. But the very first thing that we see here in all of this is uh, God sent an angel of the Lord. And I believe, uh, as we go through and read through this, that this is actually what they call a, Christ, a Christophany. This is a, an appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth before he was born of a virgin. Uh, this is a time when God himself came down, or the Lord, the Lord himself came down and helped prepare the way uh, helped to deal with Israel, to deal with the things that were going on here on earth. Another one of those times is when he came down and spoke to Abraham as he was getting ready to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, we know that the word of the Lord that walked with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day, and we know that that was the Lord Jesus himself. So it's not far-fetched for us to believe that he could come down, but he is seen here as an angel of the Lord. And... Um, we're going to get into a little more, but uh, now this is this is not doctrine. This is just my opinion, and, and this is not something that's going to make or break our salvation. But if we look at verse number 14, it says, The Lord looked upon him. And if you see that, we know the angel has come down. Gideon is speaking to the angel of the Lord. But in verse number 14, it says, And the Lord looked upon him, and the word of the Lord is all capitalized. Uh, again, this is this is the 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 way that the King James Bible translators denoted uh, the personal name of God. Uh, this is, in fact, they're saying that the Lord himself looked upon Gideon. Uh, again, in verse number 16, um, 
And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Again, that word Lord is all capitalized. Uh, Gideon is having a conversation with the Lord, and he's not having that conversation through the angel. As uh, the prophets, as God would deal with the prophets, sometimes the Spirit of the Lord would come on the prophets and they would speak as the Lord. But this is not the case here. This is the Lord himself speaking to Gideon. And that really... Uh, shows a couple of things for us. That shows that God really does care. And God cared so much for Israel and so much for this point, or for this time, that He came Himself. He didn't just send His angel. He didn't just send uh, a prophet. He had already sent a prophet to remind them, but now He was coming down to make sure, as a loving Father, to make sure that things were going to go the way that they needed to go. The other thing that we see comes in verse number 21 when Gideon offers the present uh, or wants to offer a present to the Lord uh, in front of the angel. Most of the angels, when it's just an angel speaking, uh, they will deny the opportunity. They will say, no, we don't want the worship. We, we want You need to offer that to God. Uh, this angel, however, uh, as the Lord Jesus Christ himself, accepts the offering and even helps to order and lay out the sacrifice so that it is done properly. Um, and, and teaches Gideon. And that becomes important as we go through. But this angel of the Lord had a very specific message for Gideon. And we find that in verse number 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now, my first thought as I read through verse number 12 after reading uh, from verse number 10 on, is or number 9 on, is that God's talking to the wrong person. Gideon is hiding from the Midianites, threshing wheat uh, in secret so that he can uh, keep it and, and be able to survive. But he's hiding. He's not standing up for what for God, and he's not standing up for what he believes in. But this doesn't this doesn't seem to me like a very mighty man. This seems more like a coward. But I see God. I see things differently than the way God sees them. Remember, First Samuel sixteen seven. Let's turn over there real quick. First Samuel sixteen, <clears throat> and verse number seven. Now the context here is God has uh, made Saul king over Israel because Israel had rejected uh, Samuel's rule as a judge and Saul has messed up Saul has done exactly what God has said he was going to do and he's turned Israel again away from the Lord and now God is sending Samuel to anoint the next king and so God is standing in the house of Jesse going having this or Samuel is standing in the house of Jesse and the sons are being paraded in front of him and the firstborn son uh, we'll start in verse number six and it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And we know that Samuel continues to go through all the sons of Jesse, and finally uh, there are none left except for David, who's still out tending the flock because he was not... Jesse, his own father, didn't see him worthy. But 
we have to understand that, again, man looks on the outward appearance. But God looks on our hearts. God is always looking for that person that is willing to just jump in and be that complete and whole sacrifice. We've seen it in the book of Ruth. We've seen it uh, throughout as we've studied. God is looking for that living sacrifice, that person that is willing to do whatever God asks. In the case of Gideon, uh, I'm sorry, it's sad that we as a people have forgotten what biblical manhood is. Uh, we have... <clears throat> The term toxic masculinity has been thrown around these days and it's, it's a far left term that is just horrible. And, but their, their point is that uh, men are overbearing and, and we are, are pushing that we're men and we're full of testosterone and all these things. And really that has become, from watching the westerns and all of the things growing up that I had, that, that's really become the picture of, you know, a man doesn't cry, a man doesn't... Uh, shirk responsibility. A man doesn't back down from a fight. Uh, a man is a brawler. A man is tough. But that's not what biblical manhood is. Biblical manhood is a man who is willing above everything else to follow God no matter what. No matter where it takes him. Whether it takes him through the valley of the shadow of, the, of death or to the highest mountain peak. Biblical manhood is a, guy, is a man that's willing to follow God and do as God says. And in the case of Gideon, Gideon is doing everything that he can to provide for his family. Uh, the Lord had allowed the Midianites to come in and take over year after year to take everything. I mean, we go back to verse number five. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. They took everything. They left nothing for Israel. They had left Israel in a state of famine, not because the crops weren't growing and producing, but because they were coming in and stealing all of it. So Gideon is doing everything he can to support his family, to take care of his family, to make sure that he can provide. This is biblical manhood. And God sees that in his heart. God sees that he is willing to go to whatever end that he needs to in order to be able to provide for his family and for, for his kin. And now God is going to use that. In Gideon's eyes, the only possible answer uh, was to gather in secret and to hide what he, did, what he had. Israel had gotten so far away from the Lord that they couldn't think right. In fact, uh, when the Lord gives his message to Gideon, his first thought is not gratefulness or even belief. He immediately questions the Lord. When the angel of the Lord comes down to you and says, uh, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. He, he's not grateful for the, for the compliment. He's not uh, even in belief of what God is saying. He's, he's questioning because he doesn't see it in himself. And Gideon says, if the Lord be with us, where is he? If the Lord be with us, where is he? And the thing is, we have to understand that this is not an unreasonable question. If we're honest with ourselves, we have gone through things in our life and gone through times in our life after we've gotten saved where we wonder, where is the Lord? I know I have. Where are all the miracles that we've 
been told of? Where is the God that brought us out of Egypt? This is Gideon asking. It's interesting that the Lord doesn't answer these questions. He does have an answer. He's already sent the prophet to explain their circumstance. But the answer is the Lord is right where they left him. You see, when, when we are afraid and we're fearful and we're wondering at those hard times in our life, we're wondering where is the Lord, it's not because God has walked away from us. It's because we've walked away from God. The Bible tells us that God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. If God doesn't give us that spirit, but we have that spirit, where does it come from? It comes from the devil. It comes from not being in God's word. By not surrounding ourselves in God's promises, our faith has, has become weak. It's not been exercised. And that spirit of fear is allowed in. And it's, again, it's not because God is not there. It's because we've turned away. The Lord is right where Israel left him. Left him. He's in the wilderness. The Lord hasn't changed. Israel has changed. The Bible tells us, or Christ said in the Gospels, if we had the, the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, we could move mountains and plant trees in the sea. We're lacking in faith because even though we've been told the great things that God has done, we're not walking with Him and therefore... We don't know him and don't trust him. Gideon says, If the Lord be with us, why then has all this befallen us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? Now, in chapter 1 and chapter 2, we saw that uh, the children of Israel were not teaching the things of God. They were not passing those things on from generation to generation. But apparently in Gideon's family, somebody had been proclaiming the grace of God and the glory of God. But I think it had been coming from someone who no longer trusted in him. The Lord's answer to all of this, the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? I feel like in the beginning of this, when the Lord looks upon him, I feel like Gideon has just got that dad look. You kids know that look. That look when you're out of line and you look over at your dad and he gives you that look that just says, you better stop. You better straighten up. You better figure it out right now. That's the look that I feel like the Lord has just given Gideon. He says, I'm the, the authority here. Listen to what I'm saying and obey. Now, I'm sure that that's not exactly what happened. But the Lord looked upon Gideon and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Gideon, I'm sending you now. Go. You've cried out. You've asked me to come. You've asked me to save you. Here I am. I'm exactly where you want me to be, doing exactly what you want me to do. Now get up and go. And Gideon, again, because he lacks in faith, because they've walked away from God so far, 
he again begins to question. And he said, said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. But I'm poor, and I'm weak. I'm hiding here, threshing wheat, hiding it from the Midianites. I'm not a soldier. I'm too little. I have nothing to offer. Guess what? He's absolutely right. He has nothing to offer. But that's why the Lord chose Gideon. This is what the Lord is looking for. If we go back to 1 Samuel 9. 1 Samuel 9. We're going to see the introduction of Saul, the first king of Israel. First Samuel 9 and verse number 1. It says, Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechorath, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he, from his shoulder to shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. Saul was head and shoulders above the rest. Saul was the one that they looked at and said, Yes, I will follow him. And yet, when Goliath and the Philistines come up against them, he turned coward. Israelite, Israel's army was just as big as the Philistine army. Yet no one would go out and face Goliath. It took a ruddy, fair-countenanced youth to take him down. The difference is that God can use the weak and the poor and the powerless because they will trust Him where the rich and the powerful will trust in their wealth. Now, this is not necessarily a physical characteristic. Uh, I'm not saying that if you're rich, you never trust God. I'm saying that it's a spiritual characteristic. If you're full of pride and full of glory in the things that you have, you're not trusting in God. You're, you're not needing God. But if you're humble and poor and destitute in yourself, and understanding that you can't physically live this life without God well that's exactly where God wants you to be Job was physically one of the richest men in the world and God used him greatly because Job's spirit was poor and as weak as they come remember Job as his sons and daughters gathered to feast Job went out every Weak and offered sacrifices to God because he thought that his kids might have sinned. He didn't know. He didn't ask. He just humbled himself and said, maybe I didn't teach them well enough. Maybe I haven't shown them the way to follow God and they've sinned against God, knowingly or unknowingly, so I'm going to go and I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to seek God's face and seek God's forgiveness on their behalf. 
But God reminds Gideon that he's not alone. Gideon was never going to be alone in this fight. God was going to be with him. And this is the difference maker. The difference between hiding by the winepress to thresh wheat and and surrounding the Midianite army and taking the victory is God. Gideon thought he was alone at the beginning, so he was not emboldened to stand. He didn't think God was with him, so he wasn't going to stand up and fight a battle that he didn't think he could win, where he was greatly outnumbered. Now, with God by his side, he will stand. We have to remember that it's not the quantity of our companions that's important. It's the quality. Saul had an entire army and still was afraid because God was not with them. Gideon had 300 men chosen by God and God was with them. David just had God. Again, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. And Gideon now is starting to understand. His faith has been exercised. He spent time with the Lord physically, listening to His words, hearing His truth, and his faith is being strengthened. And he understands that he needs to worship. He needs to have that attitude of gratefulness. So he prays and he asks the angel, the Lord, to not depart to wait until he can bring forth his present and set it before before him. And he goes in and he, and he prepares a kid of the goats and unleavened cakes. Apparently somebody had taught him a little bit about making sacrifices. Now, of course, it, it had gotten mixed with the idolatry of Israel because he also brings uh, the, the broth and he doesn't bring the wood and all of these things, but... The Lord in His grace and His mercy says, No, Gideon, here's how we do it. Put the kid and the cakes by themselves, pour out the broth, set them on top of this rock. And then the Lord Himself accepts the sacrifice. The angel of the Lord reaches out His staff and touches the offering and fire comes from the rock and consumes it. This was an acceptable sacrifice. While it was not correct, it was not exact. There were pieces missing. It was accepted. If you go back to Genesis and you see Cain and Abel, you see Abel's sacrifice was accepted and Cain's was not. Cain's wasn't accepted because it was done out of a heart of pride and pride in himself. Because he knew the right thing and chose to not bring the right thing. Gideon did his very best and even though there were some things missing there were some elements wrong God accepted it that should be a huge weight lifted off our shoulders for that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us people don't go to the hospital because they're healthy they go to the hospital because they're sick The healthy don't need the doctor. Christ takes us just as we are in our faults and in our pain and in our our lacking and builds us up. 
because we're willing. And then God brings Gideon a message of peace and not fear. Gideon realizes that this is an angel of the Lord and, and he is afraid because he has seen the Lord. If you go back to Exodus 33, this is why he was afraid. Exodus 33 and verse number 20. The Bible says, and he said, this is the Lord speaking to Moses. And he said, Thou cannot, canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. There shall no man see me and live. Yet Gideon has seen the Lord. And the Lord tells Gideon to have peace, to not fear. And this isn't just for this time. This isn't just for this one instance where Gideon is afraid because he's seen the Lord and he thinks he's going to die. He's saying, from now on, have peace and fear not. I'm with you. I'm here. There's no need to fear. What a promise. God has given us that same promise. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Gideon takes this command to heart and builds an altar unto the Lord and names it Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord of peace. Now we can learn a lot from Gideon in these few verses. But the most important thing we need to learn is to see everything the way that God sees it. And then we need to have faith that God is with us as Christians and that God is the, the quality companion that we need in order to conquer all that happens in our lives. And we're still going to have trouble and we're still going to have heartache. But we can have peace and fear not because the Lord is with us. God looked at Gideon and saw a man who was willing to do whatever it took to provide for his family and for his kindred. That's the heart that God is looking for today. God looked at David and saw that same heart as David went up against Goliath. That's the heart that God's looking for today. 